Hi, and welcome back to PRMC On Point, a discussion of the values, qualities, and contributions of Peninsula Regional Medical Center to the health and well-being of the communities that we serve. Today's topic is population health. That's Dr. Catherine Fiddler, who is the Vice President of Population Health for both Peninsula Regional Medical Center and the Peninsula Regional Health System. And Catherine, hi, welcome hi, to the Roger. program. Thanks. Good to have you here. We throw this term around, population health, quite a bit these days. So define that for me and what that means to us in the health system. That's probably the hardest question you could ask me. I know. So population health is really how we look at the health outcomes across a specific population. That sounds pretty broad. Here on the shore, it's really how do we look at our tri-county area, um, including our secondary service area up in, up in Virginia and Delaware, and understanding who we need to focus on and what sort of attention we need to pay to various disease processes, to other health challenges in the area. So for us, we target it for our market. That sounds like a whole lot of work for your team out in the community, right? So what are you doing in the community to keep people healthy? Because the trend now is reduce readmissions, take the unnecessary visits out of the hospital and closer to where the people live, and to keep people healthy and well so they don't end up back in the hospital again, right? Wow, I, that, that's the reason I'm here at PRMC is because we have a fabulous health system that has been doing work like this for a really long time. So we have the Greary Heart and Vascular Center. They do a lot with outpatient cardiac rehab, pulmonary rehab, they do support groups, they have mended hearts. We have a fabulous cancer center. They have been doing work yeah. treating cancer for many decades. But what population health does more specifically is does that targeting of specific things. So we look first at people who are leaving the hospital. Have we set them up for the best transition to care that they can have? So we have nurses, community health workers, social workers, really making sure that all of those facets of a discharge plan are enacted and the patient stays safe and can get back to home. Uh, we also have some high-risk patients in our community, folks who are using 911 way too often because they don't know how, how else to access the healthcare system. So we have a partnership with uh, the city of Salisbury through the EMTs called SWIFT, the Salisbury Wicomico Integrated First Care Team. That's a mouthful, but what it really- Pretty good that you got that right like on the first that? try. I do, I like that a lot. <laughs> but the nice part is we take a proactive approach. So we identify these high utilizers, we call them beforehand, and we offer an EMT, a paramedic, and a nurse practitioner to go out together, do a safety assessment, a healthcare assessment, see what does that individual need to help move along this healthcare journey so that they don't have to call 911 in an emergency and we can set them up for success. That's kind of revolutionary in this area, isn't it? I mean, it's never been tried before, has it? Not here. It has been tried throughout the country and the, it's often very successful, but it's a challenge. You know, you have the bureaucracy of each of our individual agencies. It takes collaboration and teamwork that sometimes is hard between a hospital and a local community organization, the city and the county health department, but we've got some really committed people people who really want to do the best for our community and that's the beauty of living here and being able to do these kinds of things. Yeah, you mentioned challenge. What a great word. You've been here long enough to, to take a look at what are some of the big healthcare challenges facing us today on the Delmarva Peninsula. How would you rate them and what are they? So that's an interesting question because what we know is 60 to 80 percent of the things that make us sick or cause problems for us in our healthcare journey are actually the social determinants of health. So lack of transportation, lack of access to insurance, lack of financial resources, inability to understand how to navigate the healthcare system, and then just our health challenges as well. So 
That is the greatest challenge, especially here on the shore. We're rural. Oftentimes, we're socially and economically depressed, more so than other counties in Maryland. But for us, I think we've got the opioid problem. That is huge. Behavioral health is a, is a significant need for the eastern shore and specifically for our communities. Diabetes, that transcends so many people. We have some of the worst rates for diabetes in the country here on the lower shore. So I think those two things are real drivers of where we need to focus our time and attention. So how do you get people the help that they need in managing these chronic conditions like diabetes? Wow. So. So the, the first step would be access your primary care provider. But we know here on the shore we do have a lack of primary care access. We've got some fabulous physicians, we've got some wonderful nurse practitioners, but we still just don't have enough. But my first step would be really using our primary care providers to say, hey, who are you worried about? Secondly, we can do a lot of screening. We have EPIC, our electronic health record, and that provides us a lot of information about who's at risk. So we can use that to do outreach. And then our community-based teams, we partner closely with MAC, so our Area Agency on Aging. They do a lot of work with chronic disease management, and they are very good at identifying folks that um, we may want to put a little more time and attention around. But then our county health departments and other community-based agencies have the same focus. So getting all our oars in the water at the same time rowing in the right direction is probably our first step to get better connection for our whole community. Sure, but doesn't it really come down to people wanting to take care of themselves too? I mean, you've got to have a little bit of yourself invested in your own health care. You can't ask people to do everything for you, right? Absolutely, and I, I think the challenge is health literacy is a problem across the country. About 88% of us have a lack of health literacy. I don't know how to activate my healthcare system. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what advice to take. I don't know which website to look at. So some of it does come down to, I'm not quite sure how to activate it, but some of it is about personal choices. So there, there's a blend there, and we're here to help with all aspects of that throughout the continuum. So let's talk about health literacy and what we are doing uh, to help people better understand uh, the healthcare terms, where to get the help, what to do. I know that we're involved in a big project right now with the Lower Shore uh, United Way and also with the Wicomico County Library System. Can you expand on that a little bit? We are. So Steve had the vision about a year ago to really put out there that health literacy is a problem. We know that that's the driver of a lot of these things that are going on in our community and our ability to improve our health outcomes. So he put a charge to us and said, get together and let's figure out how to solve this problem. What we first did was just look at the, what the rest of the country was doing, and we found nobody's really doing this well. What's nice is we've already had a program going with SU, with Beacon, some of the MBA students and the business students over there with the United Way to do a train the trainer health literacy, so help community organizations train each other mm -hmm. on how to improve health literacy. So that's been going on for a little over a year. And now what we've done is step back, engage the library far more thoughtfully. We've put out an entire, um, library of books related to health, health needs, a lot on behavioral health, a lot on chronic disease management. We've also partnered with MAC, so they offer chronic disease self-management classes, more of those train-the-trainer type classes. Mm -hmm. They offer depression screening classes, falls prevention classes in the community by lay providers. So that's a very interesting model that we're trying to diffuse throughout the community. And then we're going to work and develop a three-year strategic plan to see what else do we need to do. Bring all our corporate and community partners and say, how can we do this better with our employer base, especially because we are one of the largest employers here on the shore, Salisbury University, Purdue, our other partners, and say, how can we all do this together to really make an impact on health literacy and improve, improve health care for all of us? And you don't do this overnight, right? 
No, it's the world peace question. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yes. Um, let me ask you too, I, I want to circle back because the, the SWIFT thing is, is really good. And I mean, that's wonderful. And, and these folks were, who, who were really over utilizing the emergency department are, are learning now not to and, and learning how not to, more, more importantly. Um, but we still have a lot of people out here who consider the emergency department as their primary care physician or their point of first contact when they're not feeling well or they're injured. Uh, that's not necessarily what we want, correct? Absolutely. We know the hospital provides a fabulous and remarkable service to this community, and it is one of the top uh, 250 in the entire country, and we're very proud of that. What we also know is that the emergency department is exceptionally overused. Um, sometimes, once again, back to health literacy, I don't know where else to go, and mm -hmm. at least I can walk in the door and my medical problems will be solved. But we do know that those primary care providers, if individuals who activate their primary care relationship and really talk to their physician, their nurse practitioner about what's going on, they stay healthier, they are able to live a much longer and higher quality of life. So how do we get people there and calling their doctor first to say, hey, can you see me? We also have some really great urgent care in the area, and urgent care provides a significant service for after hours care, weekend care that family doctors aren't always open for. Um, so it's worth having that conversation. If you have a relationship with a primary care provider, ask him or her, when, when would you like me to call you? What happens if I have to call you at four in the afternoon? Would you be able to see me? Uh, what should I call you for? They are wonderful resources and that's what they're there for. We, you can go right on our website and see what are the top five reasons to call your primary care or when to use the ER. Um, there are always very good reasons to use the emergency department, but more often than not, folks use it unnecessarily. The one thing we haven't talked about that I want to before we get out of here is the Wagner Wellness Fan and how important that is, its importance to everything that we're doing with population health. Yeah, well, the Wagner Wellness Fan has been on the road probably almost 20 years now. Um, as a screening tool, so folks could go on it for various screenings. But what we've done in the past couple years is really use it for primary care access on wheels. So we take it to the Tri-County area, often to neighborhoods where there might not be primary care access. And it is a free service. Individuals can access the van, go on there, and that is the point of care where they'll be connected to a primary care provider where we can help set folks up with solving some of these challenges with the social determinants of health. Sometimes we're still doing screening, but it is a wonderful tool. And if you see it out there, you know, stop by. We have physicians on staff. We have a nurse practitioner on staff. They're all at various times. If, um, if clinicians aren't on it that day, the nurses there on the Wagner Wellness Van can connect you to the resources you need. Catherine, thanks. thanks Appreciate so you being Roger. here today. Uh, and that is our topic today, population health. Dr. Catherine Fiddler, who is the Vice President of Population Health at Peninsula Regional Medical Center. As Catherine mentioned, if you want to learn more about population health, get the Wagner Wellness Van schedule, learn more about proper utilization of the emergency department and what options are out there for you, visit our website, which is www.peninsula.org. And that'll do it for us, PRMC On Point, and we'll see you again soon.